Guys, we dropped our summer collection right now. July 4th weekend is out now on thomasisland.com. That's tank tops, hats, board shorts. We got your summer needs right here, right now on thomasisland.com. Ross, tell them what they need to go get. That's right. If you head over to thomasisland.com right now, you can get tank tops. We got blue. We got green. We got pink. We got all kinds of colors to switch up your wardrobe. We got hats. We got shorts. We got all kinds of merch coming your way. thomasisland.com. Get it now because it is not going to last long. That's right. That's right, Ross. It is not going to last long. This is a limited edition 2020 summer. Okay? 2020 summer. Your collection, yours, you can have it right now on thomasisland.com. You need to switch up your wardrobe. There's too much black going on. You need to put a little life into your wardrobe right now with some color, some vibrant colors to liven up your livelihood, okay? That's thomasisland.com. Grab your summer gear, summer collection. Go right now, thomasisland.com. The flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsors at Manscaped, you can trim those holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers, y'all. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for the Thomas Island audience. If you use our code, TAMA, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They're here to make sure your balls are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. Manscaped has all the tools to get you spring ready. Have you heard about the Weed Whacker? It's a nose and ear hair trimmer that provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. There's no more gross nose hairs flying off into the wind. Plus, the premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor and a 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Manscaped is making it easier than ever to whack your weeds and also to make sure that you have the most confidence while also providing hygiene. Speaking of incredible hygiene, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way all day. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside and this is crucial for your balls to stop sticking to your leg. I use it. It's great, especially as the summertime gets swampier. If you go to manscaped.com right now and use the code TAMA, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. That's right. Use the code T-A-M-A for free shipping and 20% off at manscaped.com. Manscaped, shave your balls. And we're back on Thomas Island. Oh my goodness, it is. It is a beautiful day. I'm feeling right. I'm feeling good. Ross, how are you feeling today? I cannot complain. It's a beautiful day in Chicago. It's it's near 80, somewhere around there. Everyone's uh, out enjoying the yeah. sunny weather. It's a... It's a been a good day here how about you how's how's everything down in florida everything is nice and copacetic man you know it's nice weather outside it's hot gyms and stuff are opening up i went to the gym today for the first time you know we had it it felt freaking amazing i had to wear my mask you couldn't get in without a mask they had like this temperature thing that you put your forehead to Oh, I mean, okay. they, they went, yeah, they had a whole deal the whole place i felt like a, it was like a lab because everything was just so clean I was going to say, the 7-Eleven's the same way. It feels like I've never seen it so sterile. (laughs) All right, man. So uh, today, 
What are we talking about? Talk to me here. Before we talk about, uh, obviously later in the show, we're going to be talking about the, your evolutions from, from Kava to, to Tama. But, but first, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that it is a very important weekend for someone like yourself who served in the uh, United States Air Force. And so first of all, happy Memorial Day. Oh, happy how, Memorial Day. How have you been uh, celebrating this Memorial Day weekend? Uh, with a few bottles of wine, uh, nice cooked up uh, hamburger by my father-in-law. Ooh. He hooked it up. Yeah, it was it was nice, man. We went over to the in-laws, and it was a nice little barbecue. It rained a little bit, but we were still cooking the rain. Nothing was going to stop the, the flow of things, you know? Hell so, yeah. You can't stop a good right. cookout. That's right. can't stop a good cookout. What is, uh, as someone who served in the United States Air Force, what does uh, Memorial Day, like, really mean to you? Uh, this remembrance of, of everyone that's done their duty for this great country. Um. That's first and foremost for me. Absolutely. You know, that's, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I like to get deep into it already, oh, yeah. but I know we're going to have our, we're going to have our session in, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about the military for sure. Absolutely. Sure. And we'll, if you, uh, if you're a subscriber over at Thomas Patreon page, you will be getting a, an exclusive look at Thomas time in the military. That'll be posted sometime this week and it'll be uh, up for free within a couple weeks uh, over on, on, uh, uh, iTunes, Spotify, all of the wonderful places. Um, but before we, uh, before, before we start talking about uh, your time from going from being uh, Kava to Tamatonga, we go through all of the, uh, the evolutions of your various gimmick throughout the years. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a little bit of uh, housekeeping to take care of. First of all, we want to announce that there was an iTunes winner. The uh, following review winner, T. Flynn, too, is a Patreon subscriber. He will be contacted by the show, and uh, we'll have their prizes sent to them. If you want uh, nice. to uh, – I, I don't know if we're, we're still doing the giveaway, but uh, other than that, we, there are uh, still plenty of, uh, plenty of fun things you can get if you go over to the, the Thomas Island Patreon page, subscribe. Also, please keep reviewing. Please keep sending us five-star reviews That's right. on iTunes. We appreciate that. And uh, we, we do need to take an, another slightly uh, serious turn to discuss uh, a very tragic event from this past weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the wrestling world lost 22-year-old uh, Hana Kimura in, a very, uh, in uh, just a tragic tragic event we send all of our, yeah. our thoughts prayers good you know yeah vibes man. and everything to uh to the family of yeah more all her friends all of her colleagues tom thomas is there anything you want to say about uh, uh about hana you know my thoughts definitely my thoughts and, and 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 prayers out to her 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 mother her family um friends fans it's a tragic loss and that one uh finding out I, I just tweeted, I was like, don't tell me it's real, you know, yeah. and I, I couldn't believe it. Um, uh, great talent, beautiful talent, and uh, so much that could have been done. Um, but just lost at a very young age, man. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very tragic event. There's been a, yeah. just a tsunami of grief on social media. So we would like to obviously remind all the listeners, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Be, be kind to yourselves. Be kind. Be kind be to kind. others. Yeah. We're all, we're all human. We're all, we all bleed blood red, man. All right. Here we go. Thomas Island Podcast. We are at it again. Deep diving. Ross. Talk to me, Daddy. 
how are, I'm, how are you doing, Tama? Very we're good, gonna, man. Very good. Gonna, <laughs> let me, let me, hold on. Before we even move forward, I'm going to tell you what's going on here. Yep. It is raining out here, thunder and lightning. I'm looking out a little pond behind my, my, my house. My, my, my wife and my son ain't feeling too well, so I'm giving them the house while I sit outside and do this podcast. But I'm enjoying this, man. I, I am. It's been a little gloomy, but I like, I like the rainy weather. It really gives me off the Thomas, Thomas Island vibe right now. Yeah, you're, you're podcasting al fresco to, to yeah, this evening, yeah. uh, and all, obviously, hopefully, your 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 family heals up nicely. Hey, all good, baby. Get a good. little rest and relaxation. Get back yeah. on their feet. Now, today, I'm I'm kind of excited about the topic we're going to be talking about because we're gonna we're gonna be taking you on a, on a personal journey, Tom. Uh, we're gonna take you through all of the gimmicks that you have had in the history of wrestling. We're going to run through them and end out how the world around you, not just the wrestling world, but the, the, the world itself, the world we live in, how it, how it, how you brought them into your characters and how some of the influences and some of the, some of the stories along the way of how you, how you became the bad yeah. boy, Tama Tonga. Oh yeah. Ooh, ooh, we so I, I, I feel like the, the beginning is, is a perfectly good place to start. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, we, we need to start. First, talking about the the Sons of Tonga, which was the tag team you were in with uh, with your brother down in down in WXW. What was what was the original idea? Uh, obviously, there's the obvious uh, idea behind the Sons of Tonga being the son of you know the Sons of Tonga, literally. But what was what was like your mentality around that time behind the the the, the characters you two were working with? Well, uh, you know, the Sons of Tonga, it kind of. We had these two meanings, right? The sons mm-hmm. of Tonga were like the island, and of course, the sons of Tonga, our father. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, and then just looking at his at his history uh, when he was like when he was uh, Tonga Junior in in Japan, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the gimmicks he had was very Islander ish, you know, very very Islander ish. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we just wanted to kind of uh, go off of that for the at the very beginning we thought it was a great idea uh kind of looked like a like a a spartan but a spartan from the from the islands you know so okay. the skirt we had we had our mom uh <laughs> uh make our our gear because we didn't know who, who would you know do any gears and and uh he had my 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 dad had like the top and bottom and my mom was able to make my brothers and i's gear from that <laughs> so, so, so literally your first gear is made out of the 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 gear of your father so it's it's yeah. it's both of you in this and so it's it's both of you being made is your gear being made from the same outfit yeah. or is it from separate outfits from the same outfit that my pop had from back in the day like that was his first gear like you know one of his first gears that he had so yeah we, I have- I have two thoughts about that. First of all, yeah. one, it's touching that both of you, the two of you are able to wear the same <laughs> outfit from your father. But then there's also the intimidating thing of what a large, large man yeah. your father is, that he was wearing one outfit that can be turned into gear for both of well, you. You know, you can either look at it like this. Either he was a very large man, right, mm-hmm. to, for us to make our both gears. Remember, or, or me and my brother were the small little bitches <laughs> that, could, that could get both of our gears made from one man. It's like, it reminds me of the story when, like, Star Wars came out in, like, the mid-2000, like, the reboot, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And there was all these fans uh, <laughs> all, like, mm-hmm. dressed up in their, you know, in the Star Wars gimmicks. And there was this, like, there's this like puppet dog. I, I forgot which night uh, 
night. He's on the, like the night show. It's like something. Mm-hmm. Insult oh, dog. Uh, com- Triumph, the insult comic dog. Yeah, the guy who poops on everything. Yeah, yeah. And I remember him saying, you know, walking down, he's looking at all these like Star Trek. He's like, look at these nerds. <laughs> look at all these nerds. <laughs> and uh, he made a joke or something like. Uh, you guys are on something about nerds made out of like, and this guy's a super nerd made out of like lesser nerds or something like that. <laughs> like, like a Voltron made of nerds. <laughs> and that's what I felt like this story with my, with my pop. But you know, of course, did you guys have sort of that like imposter syndrome knowing that you're wearing your dad's trunks or the sun? Was there that, did it, did it kind of get to you in a way? No, no, because we, we, we were just trying to, uh, we were, like, looking at this, like, warrior, but, like, not go, like, the Islander warrior, more mm-hmm. like a Trojan style. Um, we had, like, but we didn't have enough money to go get helmets and stuff made, so we just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a pop. Then, you know, thanks, Pop, for giving mm-hmm. us your, your one set of gear for us, <laughs> for us to dismantle and make it <laughs> into our whole gear. But... It was good, man. Uh, that was like the idea. It was a tro- like an Islander warrior, but with a, like a Trojan twist to it. Um, okay. Yeah. So we had like the skirt. We were barefoot, and we had the top, I think. But yeah, I can't. I can't remember what happened in those tops though, because I'm I think- sure they're, they're no. They're, they're your, your mother's probably got them in a box somewhere, <laughs> knowing the way moms are. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, so now, when you guys are the the sons of time, is this is this before or after you you take on the name Kava? Because that's that's uh, like is, that was my first gimmick. Was, that's your first name, all right? And what what does Kava mean? Uh, Kava and Nuku were like, I think they were like Hawaiian gods, okay. and um, you know that we were trying to think up of names, and my, our, our parents, you know that that's something is like a your parents bestow the name you just don't make it up it's kind of like a family thing and okay so, um yeah so i i like kava and my brother took nuku um but kava in in our tongue <laughs> kava in in tongan means it's a it's a drink it's a herbal drink that kind of gets you like a little bit it, i guess it gives you the sensation of high but it numbs your mouth and it kind of okay. relaxes you and uh, yeah so but it, that's kava it's a party drink it's a yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's a, i don't you don't go out to the bars and drink this, though no. they have bars for it. But it's a, it's a real mellow. You drinking, you don't want to do nothing. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Did, did, did you did did you did you use that in your character or at all? Was, no. Was, did you try no. did you try and hit people moves all no, mellow I, and smooth? I drink that, I wouldn't even want to go wrestle. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm not saying did you did you drink kava and go wrestle. I'm saying, but did you did you kind of do, do you think that that there was sort of a reason they gave the, you were given this kind of mellow, smooth kind of name because it, it's it doesn't sound like a uh... no because we we weren't like looking at at it like the Tongan name we took it from the, the Hawaiian meaning okay so we so were you're going, it like gods okay so you're, you're going much more for the for the yeah. the, the god aspect yeah. of it okay yeah. gotcha and and what um what do you feel like you 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 learned the most about sort of creating or were you are you even not at the point where you're creating a character at this point you're just working on learning yeah the, I, the, I, the ropes at first at first it like okay i want to be this guy you're gonna have an image and mm-hmm. but then you know the ideas are always great in your head till you like do them and it's like eh, you know because i thought it was once i like 
start wrestling barefoot, I was, I real, I was like, I don't want to do this shit. I don't mm-hmm. want to barefoot. That you know, it was it was a pain in the butt. But I liked the flexibility of it. Um, I was able to be manu- I can maneuver, you know, quicker. And okay. you know, coming from Tonga, I'm used to uh, <laughs> running around barefoot. So mm-hmm. that just was natural. The only thing that sucked is that you were more prone to foot injuries. Because that was going to be my next question. What, what was that kind of that breaking point for you with wrestling barefoot? Because you, you, you say there's these pros and cons to it. What, what finally made you go, Screw, I need to start wearing boots. Screw this. Um, it, it, it was just kind of, well, it was changing the gimmick. Because mm-hmm. once I, I realized this wasn't going to fly, especially getting denied by WWE, they didn't even want that. Oh, okay, so so you were barefoot when you when you audition yeah. when you you worked yeah. out for WWE. I, I remember I remember this. I remember when I went and tried it out. I went and try put on my gear, mm-hmm. and uh, and I when I was about to walk out to the ring to go do like try out the whole bunch of people there. John Laurinaitis looked at me and he said, "Go back to the locker room and take that off." <laughs> so wow, I, and I was like, "All right," and I just went and put on my basketball shorts because that's not you know what they were mm-hmm. looking for. And I said, "Okay, well that's that." You know, and so, wow. yeah, so I, I'll never forget that. And I was like, yeah, that's the Islander gimmick. We need to stay modern because that shit's played out. So, you know, so, so then I, I, this is a good, this is a good way to transition. What, where, where's your head at now that you're trying to transition out of, out of the Islander gimmick? Oh, what's boy. the first thing that sort of pulls you out I've, of it? Like what's I've always, like, I've always been like a little pretty boy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I always kept my my hair cut up. Always like there was no facial. I was I was always looking, trying to look clean and fresh, twenty four seven. Um, there was a certain way I liked my haircut. So I, I was like, all right, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do something that I'm very comfortable at, which was taking. Uh, basically, I cut. I had grown up my hair for this Islander gimmick. I had an afro, and so I just took everything off. I shaved everything off, and I just went back to like only had like maybe two inches of hair above my head. The sides was shaved up, so I really had I had I named myself so you could have a clear image of what I was shooting for. GQ mm-hmm. Banks. <laughs> wait, wait, one more time. GQ Banks. GQ. That's right. GQ Banks. Because I I I remember the GQ magazines, and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'd I'd rather shoot for a look like that because that's like the modern thing, you know. So I wore jeans. I wore jeans and basically was trying to look GQ. There you go. Banks was just, I, I think I might have like, I saw MVP's name somewhere, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and I just took Banks. And I, and I told him that when he came to Japan. I said, hey, man, I did a gimmick called GQ Banks, and I got the Banks from you. He's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm honored. I was like, yeah, it didn't last long. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was, that was going to be my next question. How long did GQ Banks last? Like how? how... Um, it, I think maybe like, Shoot, I had a whole year of trying to trying to run with it. Maybe I think maybe six to eight months. I I actually wrestled in jeans and and like once I went to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. I I knew that this was I, at the time I was like, well, this is more re- legit than what I was doing at home. I need to get some, I need to get some um some some gear, some wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and boot and wrestling boots, wrestling shorts. And, and to really be try to go after the image of a wrestler. Okay. So, yeah. So GQ Banks didn't last long. And so, so you you take GQ Banks right up right up to Puerto Rico when you head yeah. over to and 
And that's, that's so. So then, what? What? Where? Where do you go after GQ Bank? Because like, what? What? Um, do, where? How, well, you you say that you want to break it down so that you're you you look more like like a wrestler. What? What did that mean to you at that time? What did what did looking like a wrestler mean? Like getting bigger, staying jacked, wearing uh, wrestling trunks and okay. boots, and 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 really imitate that wrestler look. You know, of course, now um, everything's changed in my mind what a wrestler should look like. So, but at that time, at a young, you know, I don't know, you know, shit from fuck. So I'm just trying mm -hmm. to, figure, you know, figure it out. Um, so I thought that was it. And, but when I went to Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. uh, because of uh, my father's history there, and, you know, they were like, look, to help elevate you or like instead of you coming in with a no-namer you know it's better there's still people that remember your father so we're going to change you to tonga jr okay you know tonga uh, you know uh, king tonga jr and how did, how did you feel about how did you feel about being king tonga jr because like i mean you you it, it whether it's kava whether it's it's gq banks you've it's yeah. very much your personality you know what i mean like it, it, yeah. it outside of having the name the sons of tonga as a tag team you don't I don't feel like there's a huge push to make you full blown King Tonga Jr. And now, now you're in Puerto Rico and they want you to be your father's son. Like, how does that feel? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't mind because I think I was just happy to be somewhere mm -hmm. <laughs> at that time. So I was like, okay. And okay. that was my first, um, like if they were going to give me something, okay, I'll deal with it. I'll figure it out. And um, what I at the time, I knew I wasn't him, and I wasn't planning. And I always in the back of my mind, I wasn't trying to be like him. Okay. I wanted how, my own. I wanted my how own. Did you, how did you dis How did you differentiate yourself? Um, what, what were like some of the first steps you took to really be like I am uh, to cement yourself as a different person? Just like my my work, you could tell like that I wasn't because he was wild and crazy and like mm -hmm. legit looked like a tough guy. I came off, I still kind of had the aura of GQ Banks with Tonga Jr., you know, okay. clean cut, mm -hmm. you know, walking, my, my swagger, you know, I wasn't trying to like be a, a, a tough guy, you know, I was, it was, everything was, for me was to be smooth, okay. you know, it, it really smooth. So they gave me the name and that was fine, but I was still acting as myself. I was still mm -hmm. putting my, my swag to the, to the forefront. So, um, yeah. So did you, did you ever start to incorporate some of your father? Like just not, I'm not saying mannerisms. Did you ever start to like incorporate any of, any of King Tonga into King Tonga Jr. Or was it all, it was, was the entire time in Puerto Rico more about just establishing Tama, establishing yeah, yourself as a person. Right. It was more just establishing myself and learning how to work. Mm -hmm. um, that was, that became the, the focus was get some reps in. And okay. so I, I stopped like worrying about the gimmick and just trying to make it through the match without messing up or, you know, gotcha. just get through it, <laughs> get through it and, and learn trade, learn as much as I can. So, um, yeah. So that's King Tonga, Tonga Jr. was the, was the, was the next gimmick. Awesome. And what, what, was there anything like in Puerto Rico that helped influence King Tonga Jr.? Cause like you're, you, you, you've always struck me as the kind of person where like it, you're a sponge for, for just 
life in general. Like if it's, if it sticks to you, it's going to stick to you. It's going to show up in the ring even. And so like, was yeah. there anything for Puerto Rico that you really kind of brought into to uh, the, the, the whole experience itself was, I think just helping me grow uh, the living situation, the guys that I was with, I was with mm -hmm. uh, Stevens, Idol Stevens or, you know, Aaron. Aaron I, Stevens. I, yep. Aaron uh, Stevens. In the NWA now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, he taught me a lot of things. We ta we ended up tagging together, and uh, he kind of showed me uh, the things that he's he's done through his career. Um, that helped working the guys, working like like not knowing the match, and just being told the finish was a, like nerve wracking. To yeah. the locker rooms were separated, baby faces on one side, heels on the other side, and then you just met in the ring. And you and you perform, and the only thing you knew was the finish. So that, like, I couldn't have time to think about my my character. I was yeah. just, you know, one, I didn't speak Spanish. I, I knew very little, you know. Mm -hmm. But, and then, like, to go out there and perform, it was like, oof, yeah, that's true old school, man. If you want to learn something, go to Puerto Rico, <laughs> you know. And so I, I kind of was just getting through i i'm sure being there influenced the growth of 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 myself on, on how to work because i i did i'll tell you this i did learn to play to the crowd more i learned yeah. and started to like okay slow it down i wasn't just thinking like high spot after high spot one thing after the other i was able to relax breathe because it, it was very old school the fans get really nasty <laughs> Well, okay. Well, what were some of the like? What were some of the worst interactions you had in Puerto Rico? Because like, I don't. I want there. Sh there should be a whole Puerto Rico episode to itself. So I don't want to make you give away the store. Just give me, give me a little taste of, of, of what, what it was that the what 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 kind of fan interactions kind of help helped you learn to deal with deal with fans in general. I, I was. I would never provoke. Um, I would never do things mm -hmm. that I know will step over the line because I know they would jump the fence. Okay. That, that, they gave me off the feeling like they're very passionate fans and they take this very serious. Okay. Now, now, you know, I've heard stories where back in the day, mm -hmm. you know, they were legit, like the heels and baby face, they believed everything that was given to them that, mm -hmm. you know, so if they hated you to heal, you needed protection. My pop was used to get jumped, you know, like, try to get the fans throwing batteries at him while he was walking through, mm -hmm. you know, and there was, there was legit heat from the fans. So it's a, it's a small Island, you know? So it's, and were, were you mainly working heel when you were in, when you were in Puerto Rico? Yeah. I, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I didn't know if I was. <laughs> oh, okay. So sometimes you were just there and you were the heel anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think towards my, Towards the end, while I had to spend a little bit of time there, um, they, I started turning babyface. They were putting me as a babyface, you know. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't not the the not the the promotion, but the people. They they started cheering me to the end because I, I I learned to interact with the fans. You know, mm -hmm. I learned how what was what I could do to get them all riled up. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's when I kind of was like, okay, you know, it's a show you know and then what was so, one of your go-to's to get them just real riled up in puerto rico oh the easiest one was you know uh you know acting like i was pulling something out of my pants and just giving him the finger you know <laughs> real, cheap, real cheap but you learn i've seen you still pull that one out <laughs> <laughs> that's my go-to right there 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's uh, you learn um that you know it was, it, it was it was great. It's a great time in Puerto Rico. I love Puerto Rico, man. <laughs> I believe it, man. I, like I said, I, there's got to be a whole episode on Puerto Rico because yeah. based, based oh, on the stories, it sounds like you and Aaron Stevens have. That's that's a oh. deep dive. We That's got a deep dive okay. into itself. So we're just we're gonna leave that there for the listeners. To yeah. see. Let's 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 push you forward into into leaving Puerto Rico. Let's head over to when you, you end up in the dojo. In the yeah. And so, how was it dealing with because you you first start off as as Kava and then you you drop Kava because yeah. John Laurinaitis tells you to go change. Now now you're GQ Banks and it's it's yeah. a little more cartoony and then then you're full blown uh you know. King Tonga Jr., where you're finally able to start to really be yourself in the ring. And now you're in the dojo where character doesn't matter. They're just trying to break you down and find out who you are as a, as a soul. Well, see, here, here's the thing. When I went into the dojo, I wasn't coming in. Like, when I went into New Japan, mm-hmm. I wasn't coming in to be in the dojo. I was yeah. coming in to be in the best of the super juniors. I think it was, like, the tag. The, the, okay. That's yeah. Right. Yes, because you, you you said you came in for like that three month like yeah. training period trial period, and so that yeah. was also for Super Juniors. Yeah. So okay. I, that was my first. I came in and they threw me right into that tournament, mm-hmm. and I had no business being in there, you know. And this and this is when I uh, I called my 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 dad and told him, hey man, you know you know I can't. This is on another level. This is not. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. He, he said, fuck that. Go over there and beat the fuck out of everybody, <laughs> and I and I said, okay, cool. You know, so, and, uh, so I get in there and right away, Gator was like, so, Hey, um, you know, cause I'm, I'm coming in, I had, I had boots, I had mm-hmm. gear. And then Gato told me, he goes, uh, man, you know, the, your father was, he wrestled without boots. You think he can go wrestle, you can wrestle without boots? You think go back to barefoot? And inside of me, and I was like, shit, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but I, I said, of course, <laughs> of course, yeah, problem, anything, whatever you want, boss. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know? But I was like, damn it, man. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> so, you know, I, I go barefoot in the, in the beginning of the tournament and I just have my trunks in the back of it. It said Tonga on it, I think. Mm-hmm. And they, t- they pair me with Davey Richards. <laughs> okay, there's, I'm sure there's stories there. Oh, poor Davey Richards, man. He had to deal with me, but we had to go against mm-hmm. El Samurai and, and, and Kanemoto so okay. yeah and it is a time like I don't know Japanese wrestling and I didn't know who Kanemoto was I didn't know who El Samurai was I, mm-hmm. I'm just I was like shit I, you know I'm gonna try mm-hmm. I'm gonna try but I I went in there when we were making the match I was just kind of lost the whole time mm-hmm. and uh Davey Davey could tell that he just took he made the match with him and El Samurai and Kanemoto and I was and you know, whenever I, I would inject in, he'll put me in a few things. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I came in, but I would come in and beat the shit out of everybody. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and I'm glad that they only had small spots for me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so I came out as Tonga. Uh, that, that's when I, that's when I changed. When I went into to Japan, I changed to Tama Tonga. And, and I, that name um, I, I told you before was the name that my father had given to me. That was his name that Peter Maivia had given to him. And, you know, for those who know Peter Maivia, I don't have Grand, Grandfather yeah. of the Rock, uh, high, high king of wrestling in Hawaii. I mean, the, the, yeah. that is 
that is some person to give that name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Tama Tonga was the next gimmick after uh, King Tonga Jr. So um, how, how did you deal with the, cause like, yes, you came back to do super juniors and you do the, the three month trial, but then after that three months, when new Japan starts to really take an interest in you and start telling you, come on back and yeah. really, really apply yourself. What, what was the process like of, of kind of having to, to go back to basics and did, did you feel, did you, did you feel like there's a struggle to, to kind of shed all the character stuff and go back, back to basics or because of the Tonga stuff where you all, you were already sort of figuring out who you were anyway. And so it just, it was more, was it, was it more helpful? Uh, let me, let me rephrase this question. Was the, was the new Japan dojo, more helpful to developing Tama Tonga or did you feel that you just kind of had to start from scratch again? I, I felt I had to like start all over again, mm-hmm. but I, not in a, in my head, it wasn't in a negative way. You know, okay. I didn't like look at it like, Oh man, I can, I would just, I just thought I could just portray my, my, you know, my swag anyway, whatever they, you know, Tama Tonga was just a name and yeah. then I was just going to be me, be me. Okay. What happened though, after those that three month, um, it, it, it that three month was really me still trying things out, mm-hmm. just keep trying in it, and it looks like I'm lost, like in what yeah. I'm trying to do. Who who, who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't tell that in the ring because I was very uh, um, how do you say? I, I was just doing a whole lot of different things always always doing something different it was there was no set repetitive moves okay. you know, that i would keep or something i would just try things move on try things move on if i like something i keep it for like a little bit then i change it because i get bored with it mm-hmm. you know but th- that's not the secret to wrestling so at least you know till now i think but anyways that's a different story <laughs> no yeah and that we'll, we'll definitely get there because i feel like that's <laughs> that's a big part of of, of the character we're going to talk about when we get to the now but back yeah. in the then um back in in the early days before you even dubbed yourself uh the bad boy yeah what uh let's 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 talk let's talk mexico then when you you no you, no, no. We, we, we're skipping oh we're still we're, gonna stick with the dojo okay we still got more because there's a gimmick here then okay that, um, that after, when I, after I was really, once I became part of their, uh, their dojo, when they mm-hmm. actually come to keep staying, um, Gato came to me and, and was like, Hey, what do you think? You know, change your outfit to the, the super fly, you know, start doing a super fly gimmick. Okay. And so that's when you start doing the, 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 are you still barefoot at this point or are they letting you wear boots? Okay. They're barefoot. And I, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do Superfly. What you know, it's the same thing. I didn't want to be like my, my pop because before that he was like, you know, your dad should do this and that and that. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not my dad, you know. So, but I can't say that as a boss. So you got to do whatever the boss tells you to do. Mm-hmm. So when he came the the Superfly, you know, I said, okay, I can do that. All right, I'll I'll just I'll tailor it my own kind of way. And he's, you know, he's the one who suggested the leapfrog, leapfrog, double chop, you know. And I was mm-hmm. doing that, and that, and I got over. And but I at that time I still was like so green that I was like yeah it's cool but it's not mine <laughs> so okay. you know though if people were like loving it I, I still I was so stubborn that I was like yeah but it's not mine <laughs> you know I, I still I, I don't care <laughs> I'm not here to you know to do that and but I rolled with it mm-hmm. I rolled with it and I and I changed you know the I, I 
I grew out the hair again. I had like a mini afro, and uh, it, it was it was cool. But what I was, was what was the process? Because you keep talking about how you you would do things that uh, you know, like the the leapfrog double chop that Snooki yeah. did. And you're like, this isn't mine. None of this stuff is mine. What what were you really? What was the process like of trying to find something that was yours? Like really find something that you could put into into the match that you could sort of plant your flag on and say, this was mine. Like what was there anything you, that didn't didn't take that you remember? Um, yeah, there was one he would want me to like walk around like Bruiser Brody. Yeah. Do you want you have the chain and everything or just do the oh, just do it. Just do okay. it. You know, well, like the guy would speed up to the corner. I started doing that and get the people started going in and then I was going in for the splash at the corner. Mm-hmm. But I I thought I you know, and I did it and people would, would come. Everything that he gave me to do, it would get over. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and but I just was so I'm like but I think this is corny. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I was like, this is bruiser brody. I don't want to do this, you know. But of course I'm gonna do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But and then after a while, once I like kind of felt like I could get away with something, I stopped doing it. You know, okay. once I could feel like I could, okay, he's not looking. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it was, but the process of, that's what I love is the process of just doing things and trying things. And I'm, I'm appreciative of him giving me that because then I, I was learning to connect with the people. And I was like, oh, okay, you do these things. Okay, the, the name of the game okay all right i get it and i and i would and it helped me grow and it helped me learn a lot of things and um so you know uh well it's also it's it's learning what what doesn't because like part of it part of it is in learning who you are is also learning what just doesn't stick to you like there's there's some stuff where it's like even if this was someone else's it's not me you know because like i yeah i feel like everyone has that thing where it's it's uh definitely and he wanted to you want to feel good in, in doing it. You want to like, it's just the, you just know when it, when it's yours to keep. And, and that's just the way I was until, well, you know, that, that gimmick was the way it was for, for a while until um, they sent me to Mexico in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Right around, uh, I believe 2011, 2012, where they went uh, yeah, to 11, 11 or 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that's right. Yep. 11 was the first one. 12 was the second one. So 11, 11 was like my, my graduation. Okay. You know, um, they had sent me out. They sent Folly out to, to America. Mm-hmm. They, they, mine was a little bit different because I had experience and I was picking up wrestling faster. It was like, it was very natural at like, it just, at wrestling, because I, I loved it. It was, it's, mm-hmm. You know, I, it was easy for me. But when I went to Mexico, I kind of figured out, okay, this is my graduation. All right. And and I remember going to Gato before I left. I said, hey, can I, can I wear boots again? <laughs> and, and he was like, you can do whatever you want, man. I said, oh, great. Cool. <laughs> well, now, you know, so I said, you're, right. you're in Mexico. You yeah. got boots. What's the first kind of like, What's, what's the first feeling or, or what's the first experience you have in realizing what Mexican, what, what the, what kind of lake you've jumped into at this point? What, what was the big kind of culture clash when you first get to Mexico? How wild and crazy it is over there. Oh yeah. It was just, <laughs> yeah, a- it, it wasn't because Japan is very organized. It's like, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. 
Yeah, it's very it, regimented. It's got that yeah. military, you know, yeah. yes, sir. It's organized, and you know what time it. When I went over there, it was, it was just like a, uh, I'm trying to find the right word here because I, I love Mexico and I don't want to oh, burn, yeah. you know? So. No, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's just different because like I, as someone who, who covers New Japan, like I'm very used to the fact that New Japan, their streams always start at like, if a show starts at, at 4.30, it's going to start at 4.31. That stream's going to be on. Yeah. With Lucha, you don't know when the stream's always <laughs> going to start. Like even with yeah. Anniversario or, or some of their big shows, you're like, all right, it's, it's 8.15. We'll see. We'll check in yeah. in a couple minutes. It's just it's, a different, it's a different world. It's still a good show. It's still yeah. a fun time, but it's just time exists differently down there. Right. So it's a little, here's my word. It's chaotic, mm -hmm. but everybody seems to know what the hell to do. Okay. <laughs> it's a, I want to say organized chaotic. chaotic is chaotic, but they everybody it's like they know how things are gonna roll, and they mm -hmm. and they roll smoothly into that chaos. You know, it's very wild inside the inside that hurricane, but it they flow with it, and it's I, who who is to chill, <laughs> relax. Kind of who is instrumental in getting you kind of used to that chaos in Mexico? Like who was who was your Sandow down there? Um. This guy, he, he's, he was an American uh, wrestler in WWE. His name is Mark Jindrak. Okay. And he was a big help in my, you know, in translating for me and kind of letting me know how things go. Mm -hmm. he, he's a, he, he was a big, big star out there in Mexico. Tall, white boy, jacked, cut up. All big, he's kind of athletic, too. Like, I remember oh, he, he could super move. super athletic. He's super athletic. He's, he spoke Spanish. He had, you know. I mean, he came out. I watched watching him. He knew how to control all the women in the state in the arena. You know? Oh yeah, and, oh yeah. He knew just exactly what to do. You know, he didn't like. He knew, and I learned a lot from him. He he's like, hey, especially when you call a match in Mexico, everybody calls all these things, but then when you get in a ring, nobody does what they called. <laughs> <laughs> the best laid plans of mice and luchadors, I guess. Yeah, man, and and but they all know for some reason. Mm. They all kind of like it's still they you watch it and you're like, yeah, okay, they look like they got their shit together. No, <laughs> and that's what I love about Mexico because we it was always fun. Mm -hmm. It was always fun. We went out there, and then boys know how to have fun, you know, and, and we just throw down. And, and when you work in wrestling, uh, you know, Lucha, mm -hmm. you kind of, once you get in their system and, and you see the way they wrestle, you kind of know by the way they set themselves up for the next move. You kind of are like, oh, shoot, I better, this is coming, you know, without them even calling it. And mm -hmm. I was able to, like, do that and, and learn how, how to, like, move on a fly. Okay, and, and be very aware of everybody that's doing everything in the ring. And that taught me a lot, just being keen, you know, to who's doing what, who's where, what's going on, what's happening, and, and like, relax, chill, chill, chill. How do we, okay, yeah, so. Cool, okay, so you're, you're, in, the chaotic, you're in the chaotic world of, of, of Mexican wrestling. You're, yeah. you've, just, you've just graduated from the dojo. You can wear boots again. You're allowed to really be in control uh, of your character. What was, what, what was it like diving into Mexico knowing now you can actually, it's like you said, you graduated. What, what was like your first, your first real idea for, a, for, for your character when you, when you got to, to Mexico? I, I just started letting, I think I was letting my beard grow. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I was still, uh, because now I'm free 
the chains are off. I'm like, all right, this time I'm not just going to dive in and try to figure it, figure it out. I'm just let it naturally come to me, you know, one step at a time. And so the first step that I had to do was get my damn boots on. Yeah. So that was the first thing. I was not wrestling in Mexico without boots. So, okay. yeah. Right. So, so you've, got, you've got the boots. You've got uh, what, uh, what was your kind what, – what, what was it? What was, like, one of the big things you remember you just didn't work initially in Mexico? Because, like, all of the stuff that worked, we can find – like, that is part of the history. I want to know about the stuff where – you know, maybe maybe you tripped over it a little bit trying to figure out this, um, this character. What what were some of the stuff left on the editing room? Floor? It wasn't it wasn't like that. It, I didn't look at it. What didn't work? Okay. Uh, when I was in Mexico, I I was just doing things, mm-hmm. and if I got a reaction, I took I take a me- mental note. You know, okay. yeah. And I was it was everything was always called on the fly for me. I didn't think about what I was gonna do mm-hmm. before. I was gonna get in there and just let everything kind of flow. And then adapt to the situation. Okay. So, so then what do you yeah. what do you feel you took most out of if it's if it's more of a you just kind of made these mental notes? What do you feel like you really took out of out of the 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 Mexican wrestling experience? Uh learning how to base, learning okay. to base, learning. Explain that for for like the layman in the like what what do you mean by basing? Because like I know what basing is, but yeah. for the for uh, listeners, how to be like so how to be the guy that takes the moves mm-hmm. but you just don't take it to take it there's a way of there's an when you're wrestling there's an equal balance of dancing you know so mm-hmm. you you got to know how to uh handle the guy that that's doing the moves to you so there's he needs help in doing a lot of things especially in luchador you know mm-hmm. and so being the base is the bottom guy of of, of carrying the, the guy that's giving you the move so there's sometimes, you know, you twirling the guy all, all around before he, like, throws you some, somehow, catches you in an arm drag and throws you across the ring. But you did most of the work, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. So that's base, you know, being gotcha. a solid base for the guy. Um, yeah, that okay. and playing to the crowd. Okay. Mexico, you definitely learn how to play to the crowd. Well, then I feel like Mexico is very important then because playing to the – I mean, playing to the crowd is a big part of – Tomatonga, like currently, yeah. that's that's one of the things you hear in the happy hour hangouts a lot. Are people yeah. that were like, "I was in Atlanta, you were playing to us the entire night." Um, what? <laughs> because what? I, I love that. I love. Yeah. I I think that's what the, the magic of live shows mm-hmm. is the being there and and knowing how because a TV will never show you a, like what it is you're experiencing because as a wrestler, you're learning the situation changes. Mm-hmm. And you gotta you gotta learn how to to change and maneuver to catch, you know, to create a, an experience for the people the live shows that's coming that camera can never ever catch, you okay. know. So that's why I love live shows with audiences. What uh, so then? Uh, it, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I promise we're we're staying sort of in Mexico. What was the biggest difference between playing to the Mexican crowd than it was playing to like a Japanese crowd, or is it is it the same? Oh, it's the a same, huge, uh, it's a huge thing. difference. A huge okay. difference because in what way expound on that the japanese crowd are they stay quiet mm-hmm. you know? they stay quiet and i know it, their comedy is a little different mm-hmm. you know, they kind of like understand things a little different um the 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 fans in mexico has a mix a mixture of they gave me a vibe from puerto rico you know they're very mm-hmm. like vocal they 
they understand this is a show, you know, most yep. of them are in the show, so they're, they're, they're a part of it. <laughs> yeah, they're a part of the show. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, and I'm like, and I'm, you know, tu madre, maricón, you know, and I, I'm just <laughs> screaming it right back. And I, I, you know, I know all the curse words in Spanish, you know, I picked that up in Puerto Rico and then uh, I just used it in, in Mexico, you know? So, Carries over. Yeah. You know, so. Um, so, but like, so because you said that the, the Japanese crowds don't react, so does that mean you, you feel like you have to, if you want to get a Japanese, if you want to play your Japanese crowd, do you feel I have to poke them more or is it just, it's a different kind of playing to the crowd? It's a different kind of playing. Okay. Yeah. I, I, gotcha. It's a different kind of playing and I know what, I've been with them for so long that I understand what would get them to get, you know, to, to like and, and whatnot, like and whatnot. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, what, what other sort of, what, what other things do you feel like you really, you really pulled out of, out of CML? Cause obviously learning to be a bass was very important, but what, yeah. what more uh, sort of like, what more character stuff do you feel like you were able to pull out? Uh, you talk about playing to the crowd. <laughs> Just like a swag and how to carry myself, I, I was picking up little by little. Okay. I was able to experiment with myself out there and see what they liked, and it, and it, it it taught me that um, little by little, little mm -hmm. by little. And another thing, like I had like this fear of, um, I had this fear of uh, what's it called stage, like a stage fright mm -hmm. you know, that I was trying to like. I've had it for a very long time. And and then I was trying to to get that really under wraps and really uh, in control. Mm -hmm. So you know, being on stage with these, especially during these times of, of uh, Mexico and and uh, I mean Puerto Rico, Japan to Mexico, it was a constant like battle. Um, mm -hmm. I even even went into they do the uh, CMLL does the concurso like the uh, the Body bodybuilder competition yeah i joined that too just to like mm -hmm. so i can get up on stage and get that fright really you know the more i i figured the more i would get myself um in these kind of situation the better mm -hmm. i'll get you know so i'll support myself to be a part of these things and okay. and so yeah so mexico was a big help in that and yeah great yeah. and then and then you know you're following the fear in mexico and now you end up in you, you you head back to Japan where 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 Bullet Club forms. This is I mean I feel like this is the the sort of like CMLL New Japan Dojo. This is all the primordial ooze, and now it's like when you call yourself Tamatonga in that back or you call yourself the bad boy Tamatonga in that backstage promo at Dantaku. I feel like that's when you you kind of you walk out of the ooze onto land, and now you're sort of you yeah. start to see the character that you are now start yeah. to take shape. So let's start, let's start to dig into the bad boy since I feel like that's, that's where we have, we have sort of landed. Cause you, yeah. you, you, you learn, you, you mentioned in our first episode, you learned a lot of timing stuff from Carl Anderson. Yeah. You had, you, you were, you were under his wing and you also ended up with Devitt, Fale, Gallows. You're, you're all just sort of drinking buddies. And so when, when that, when Bullet Club, becomes a thing and it's not just drinking buddies it's an actual part of the show did, did that change the way you approached your your role in the group or was it was it just did did bullet club sort of make make you more comfortable being tama i did i didn't know my role okay <laughs> if, if, if that helps no yeah absolutely because what what yeah, that, I where, where, how, where, where, where did you feel like you fit in in those early days? 
um, I thought that once I graduated, mm-hmm. you know, I was coming in and I was going to start moving up, you know, mm-hmm. and start, you know, because I see Fale coming in. I thought, but at the same time, I, I, I just didn't understand the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but Prince David was the one getting the push. Mm-hmm. So to me, coming back in the, we're, we were all going to be heels. And I was like, okay, everybody got a new identity, new names, except for Carl uh, Machine Gun. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, I just graduated. I'm, I'm the bad boy. <laughs> so, so that's where that that night I jumped in, and and nobody had known that I was gonna do that or known that I was gonna be the bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I just said, all right, I'm the bad boy. <laughs> you know, and then uh, Prince David, of course, gave me the dirtiest look, <laughs> like. <laughs> How dare you <laughs> cut the leader off while he's making an announcement? <laughs> anyway, uh, just kidding. But you know, um, yeah. So the bad boy was just to it, it kind of played off like my GQ Banks was. I was going after like a mm-hmm. baby face kind of like slick, su- uh, suave type guy, and I took that and mixed it in with you know, all right, well, what I've learned so far, and you know, the bad boy was just. Uh, a mixture of that, a mixture okay. of everything, I guess. Yeah, and that, that's why I kind of I referred to it as that like primordial ooze because you, you like yeah. when you talk about being in CMLL, learning to yeah. learning to turn the swag on a little bit, learning to play to yeah. the crowd. I'm like, that's the bad boy. When you talk about you know uh, a, a lot of the the stuff you learned in the dojo, you can you can see it uh, in the character you're you you you've been kind of with for the past what what are we at like seven years now? Mm. Um, so let's 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 talk about sort of the elements of the bad boy because he, the, I feel like the bad boy has gone through various phases. You had the, yeah. the early, early phase where you're, you're still in that, that middle area between CMLL and, and, and the future. I feel like the, the, the good, the good point to, to kind of make a, to, to draw a line between early and, and later is that is when you start wearing the face paint. Yeah. That, uh, you have brought up in the happy hours is, uh, inspired by Darth Nihilus from uh, yeah. Star Wars, uh, the, the, the ex- sort of expanded universe. What was it um, about Darth Nihilus and sort of that face paint that really kind of spoke to you? I, I actually saw it. I was looking. I went on my phone and I was just, before I decided this was a paint job, I was looking up face paints, you know, um, and... I happened to come across this mask. Um, I don't know if you know the game, the Army of Two. They would wear yeah. these these masks. Well, people were doing custom paints on them. Okay. And I had and I was going through them, and I, a lot of them was very like intricate. And I was like, that'll take too much time. And then I came out th- that that white one. And I was like, man, that's that's pretty dope, you know. So and I was like, okay, because everything was in the on the fly. Mm-hmm. It, we were about we were doing a, a house show match, so I didn't have any time to think about this. I was just like, "All right, I need something. Here we go." Yep. Me and Gal was in the bathroom uh, painting our face up, you know. And yeah, I, was, I needed something quick, so everything was like within five minutes. Like I'm trying to find something, and that's what that's what came across. Little did I know that that person got that idea for, from Darth Nihilus. Okay, so that's yeah. even more fat because like you you've always you've always gone back to Darth Nihilus saying yes, it's based yeah. on Darth Nihilus, yeah. but it's actually based on Army of Two, famous uh, yeah. cooperative yeah. uh, shoot yeah. game. Once I once I saw that, yeah. Once I saw it, because the face paint didn't look the first time I did it didn't look like anything. Okay, didn't, yeah. it didn't look like how it is refined <laughs> now. But once I when I went in and dug deep and saw 
it was from Star Wars. And I was like, oh. So I went deeper into that, and then I started refining the 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 look even better. Mm-hmm. And then I went down to the to the to the beard down, and and just kind of like, okay, I can't like steal steal the the whole you know the look but you know i can kind of let me tweak it a little bit here maybe yours <laughs> yeah what's the old what's the old st- saying bad artists uh steal good artists steal a lot or something or steal a little <laughs> i don't it's know something, it's something about how it, it really just comes down to how you steal it not that you know um that's very so what um did you feel like when you when you when you finally started wearing face paint with uh, with the bad boy? Did the face paint bring out anything in you, or did it was it just yeah. sort of it, yeah? What, what did I, it bring out in you? Like it 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 like took me back to the comic book days. Yeah, uh, and I was like, what can this guy be? You know, mm-hmm. and and I remember as a kid, I had I had three I had three Marvel characters that I was like that was my top, and mm-hmm. uh, one was Wolverine, the other one was Nightcrawler, and the third one was Morph. Okay. And, and I, and I, and I was like, man, you know, the crawling, I've never seen anybody, do, you know, what if I start crawling like, like Nightcrawler? And at the time I was in tip top shape and I was like, it was, I was really one of the best shapes of my life. And mm-hmm. I was like, I can do this without even practicing. Just, I just start doing it in the ring and I could slide. And I, so I, with the knee pads, I went and bought like these wrestling knee pads that could help me slide even longer, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was a really fun time. Just, I'd start taking character stuff from, from, from Nightcrawler to, to add to this, to this face paint. So I was just like picking apart little things to, to add to my uh, character development during the face paint time. Okay. And, and you, because you've been reading comic books all the way back to like yeah. when you were real. What, what, where, what was your main like hookup for comics? Like I remember growing up, we only the only way we could buy comic books was there was a rack at the end of the magazine section of the drugstore. That was that was it. That was our that was our whole comic book selection yeah. for the entire town. What, what was like? What was what? Where where did you first start buying comic books? Growing Kmart. Up? Kmart. It was okay. a Kmart by a house that like when we always went in, I hated like. I hated to walk around my mom while she did shopping. Mm-hmm. So I just went to the magazine area and just, just sat there and read magazines, you know? And uh, com- that's where I was introduced to comic books. And believe it or not, my parents hated me reading com- comic books because they wanted me to read books and I hated reading books. But comic books was the thing that got mm-hmm. me interested, you know? And I used to draw, I used to like try to draw comics. It wasn't the greatest, but mm-hmm. it, it, just the art, art of it was just uh eye appealing and and really uh grabbed my interest i I love that story fun fact the reason i got into wrestling was because i didn't want to walk around the store with my parents as i would be in the magazine section reading pwi reading the wwe (laughs) magazine it was the same thing you're like i don't like that you're reading this Um, that's so um so now let's go back let's go back we're talking the the um face paint we're talking about you kind of story of discovering who the bad boy yeah. Tamatanga is and eventually Tamatanga is joined by your, you bring in Tongaloa your brother as a way yeah. to, to create Gorillas of Destiny that that's a whole episode on itself but I do yeah. want to I do want to know like what was the what, what were some of the main influences on like the the aesthetic of Gorillas of Destiny when you guys first started started out um <laughs> I had I had came back home from one of our tours and my brother was still in um in fcw mm-hmm. 
I think he had been at the he had already done the the Mexican gimmick, but then his partner got hurt, so they brought him back down to FCW to kind of figure out what was next. I think they had a promo class or something on a Wednesday, and uh, I told my brother, "Look, this is what I've been doing." I was like, so I went and grabbed paint, and I said, "You should look it up." And I he, I made him do the same thing that I did, looked up the the army of two face mask, and, mm-hmm. and I, that's the one he picked, and so he painted it. <laughs> He painted his face mm-hmm. just like the way he he, he did. Um, and then he drove to promo class like that. <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah, and I think he scared some people off with, with the promo he shot. <laughs> and, uh, and anyways, th- but that was, that was two years before mm-hmm. he came up to Japan and to be, to, to, for us to be a tag team. So that was two years ahead. Oh, that was like 2014, mm-hmm. what, 14 or 15, maybe. Yeah, it, and Tonga would have, yeah, and Tonga would have come in around 2016. Yeah. Um, so when he came in, we already knew the face paints, what it was going to be. Um, coming up with the name, you know, uh, our family is, is, is you know, would it, I want to say religious, but we believe in God, and mm-hmm. we try to figure out how can we take God and make that into our our deal here. So. Um, a little militant background so i took the gorillas you know mm-hmm. and and where we believe we should go and what we'll, we'll fight to get whatever we want awesome. <laughs> and the destiny part it is just kind of gorillas of destiny that's how the name got there that's, that's fat because that was literally going to be my next question was did the did the the gorilla aesthetic come first or did the the name gorillas of destiny come it sounds like they kind of they sort yeah. of blossomed uh they sort of blossomed together now yeah. let's 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 fast forward a little bit because you guys you guys when God first starts out you're doing the face paint you're yeah. you're kind of working that angle and eventually you start bringing in these masks you bring in these they're the light up uh, with the light up eyes they're like oh. helmets yeah um, you finally got the you finally got the helmets that you've been trying yeah. to get since you were the days of Kava uh, <laughs> where did where did the inspiration for the for the the light up eyes the the sort of I don't want to call it Iron Man because I know it's I know it's not Iron Man. I know it's someone yeah. else. But where yeah. where did the inspiration for that come? I saw, I saw um, on Instagram this guy had like making these masks, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I follow on my Instagram. I follow like comic artists and and anything that has to do with uh, superheroes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and makers of of gear or at least those kind of like cosplay. And I saw the saw the mask, and I knew I went and looked up who he, you know who Red Hood was, and watched some of the stuff. And I was like, okay, now I'm gonna take this mask. Now I'm not gonna copy it exactly like that, but I'm gonna you know put my uh, you know my bad boy you know uh, put your spin on it. You gotta, spin on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it about? What was it about? Because you said you you looked into who the Red Hood was and into the character. What was it kind of about the Red Hood character that that kind of hooked you? Uh, I wouldn't say the character hooked me. I I, I kind of just wanted to see what it was all about. Okay, you just want to make sure it's not like it's not some you know yeah ultra yeah. terrible imagery to be yeah. yeah gotcha yeah and so um but my image you know I just took a piece of that helmet but my image as in gear wise totally was different from the red hood all i wanted was the mask put my face on it you know my twist on it and then the whole gear which we you know was just the way i wanted through the the chest the the thigh pads the 
you know, that kind of look tight, more uh, as like athletic aesthetic. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what, and did you, did you, again, like the face paint, did you feel that having these helmets kind of brought, did they, what do you feel they brought to the, to the characters? Cause everything, everything kind of has an energy to it. What, right, what do you, right. how do you feel it changed it up? Uh, you know, I just felt that was the next stage of from face paint, you know, mm -hmm. face paint is a pitch to wrestle in man. Cause that shit gets yeah. in your eye, you know, and, and oh. once it gets in your eye mm -hmm. and you're sweating, you're like, you're, you're half blind. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of those parts I never really think of because you always yeah. see it peeling and you don't realize yeah. it's going to go right in the corner. Yeah. So, you know, um, I always wondered, I had gotten this spray that like, it's like hairspray, but mm -hmm. it's not hairspray, but it's for, it's to dry up the, the face. I would spray all over my face to dry up the, the, uh, the paint and mm -hmm. then do not let, when you sweat, not let it go through mm -hmm. uh, again, your eyes. But you know, even that it's still, Guys are punching you in the face. They're grabbing you in the eyes, grabbing you in the face, pulling you. So there's there's no getting around that. Um, so, but I wanted to evolve to to something different, and felt the helmet was the next step. Because um, you know, you face paint, you go to a helmet. You're now you're you're really leveling up in a superhero. Uh, sense you know because the, it, it does it gives you that it, it gives you that kind of um that avengers vibe or that uh, yeah you know it makes oh, you yeah. feel makes you feel larger than life because right. you know there are plenty of tag teams there are not a lot of tag teams with the light up eyes with the right. that make that kind of a statement because I, I even remember the face paint days you guys were terrifying yeah and it, was, it was it was a really imposing uh imposing image what so you've done the face paint You've done the helmets. What do you what do you feel like is the next step for Tamatanga? Is it going to be full blown mech? Like you're going to show up in a Gundam, or what no, is the? I, I think this was a time. You know, like my brother came in, I had already was on a gimmick, right? Mm -hmm. I was on the bad boy face paint. That's something that came from pre like early Bullet Club days. Yeah. But as my brother came, we we evolved together. He came in, jumped on it, and we evolved, and with the helmets. But at the same time, we were kind of like we wanted to show our face, mm -hmm. you know, to evolve that, to kind of like, it's like storytelling, you know, you're going like this and, and here's a twist. Why mm -hmm. are they paint, face painting? Why aren't they, you know, because yeah. we're handsome ass dudes and we see, we think that women should take a look at our handsome ass faces. You know, my brother has a killer ass smile. You know, and, He's and, got a lot of hair now too. I mean, you put yeah. the hair under the helmet, pull it yeah. off. That's a reveal. Uh -huh. So I, I think that's, that's just another level, um, of, of storytelling and you know we can go into that and uh mm -hmm. i with me growing up um you know i'll go even deeper now Shit, well, I'm not, i know I, I, i'm growing white hairs mm -hmm. here on my, on my chin and i you know a lot of people in our industry because of looks they go and paint you know they they dye their hair back to their color whatever mm -hmm. uh, to me this is all part of the story Ooh, so is, we're seeing we're seeing it right now is, that's the next step is, is whatever right, right. this age is right here uh, you know the way i see it these white hairs is, is telling my growth in this industry you know and if you if you take that whole character as as um as an artist you know this is this is my story that i am going to get old and i think people need to see that and they understand that this is this is my story in the game um it, i am wiser i'd like to think you know, with these white hairs, and and it, and and that's a story I want to tell. I the superheroes get old. <laughs> they 
they get old under that helmet. And I think people need to see that too. Cause I, I feel I still have like at this stage right here. I've never, I want to try that. It's, it's me getting to an age where like, okay, I've had a lot of experience. I've tried a lot of things and now I got to organize it and put it in, but I don't want to like, I don't want to uh, cover up anything from the obvious. And that's, that's the, the white hairs, these, these peppered. Well, it, it, it also is, is it, it's a, it's a preservation thing. Cause you're, no one's ever going to be able to say that you're clinging to anything. Cause you're, you're already, you're showing the age, you're willing to show the white hairs. You're willing to let go of something that doesn't work. You know, yeah. even something that works, you're willing to move on to the next thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't see you getting to that with that kind of mindset. You don't get to that, that era where, you know, not, I don't, I don't want to put the, like the undertaker has that, that thing where people are starting to see the person now, you know yeah. what I mean? They're starting yeah. to see who the human behind it and with yeah. you, the human behind it has always been such a big part of it that no one's ever going to go, Oh, wait, damn it. Now we're seeing Tama. You know what I mean? No yeah. one's ever going to be like, Oh, now, now we're getting to see Tama. Cause we've always been seeing Tama throughout the entire, from Kava to yeah. King Tonga Jr. To, <laughs> o, to o, GQ Banks, which is GQ my new, Banks. my new favorite. Cause it's not even on your Wikipedia. Like that's, <laughs> that's one that I learned about tonight. Um, from, but it's, it's always been Tama. It's always been, yeah, that's, that's constant growth, man. you know. I and 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 this wrestling, uh, it's so awesome because uh, it, it's a reflection of of you, and I, I like to reflect my, you know, my world into this uh, canvas, and and I think that's definitely uh, art. <laughs> that's, that's art that's 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 the that's the that's the drop line that's that's the cut line right there that's art now clips from this past friday's happy hour available on thomas island patreon page uh oc steve talk to me yeah i was uh watching the little snippet that we got on the patreon and kind of you know seeing that the whole tag team thing my question was i know how new japan is very traditional in some ways like so you've inherited a couple moves from other wrestlers. Is there like any tradition behind that? Or is it just like, Hey, we're out. Here's my, you can do my move. Or is there, let me show you my move. Like the, the magic killer, or the gun stun or the super power bomb, or is it, you know, just kind of, you can do it. Those, all right. Those moves right there. Yes. I inherited them. There's a reason the gun stun, the gun stun was a tribute to Carl Anderson. You guys should know. Um, that, that was like, like, I was his young boy. He was kind of like my mentor. Um, I have many mentors, by the way, but he was, he was, he was one of them, especially at that, at that period. So it was just a tribute to him. He left us and, and I wanted to continue that. Um, Magic Killer was to, for the tag team, but we did it. What happened was Evil and fucking Sonata stole that shit first and I couldn't believe that. And I was like, fuck you guys, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, oh, shit. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, John, I'll call you right back. <laughs> what happened over here? Hey, I got kicked out of the room. Hold on, I'm trying to. <laughs> no, you're here. You're here. You're still here with us. You guys can see me? Yeah, yeah we yeah, can see you. You see you? Oh, shit. sorry. You're still here, baby. Yeah, you, oh, okay. you stood up. I realized you're not wearing any pants. Ah, I can't stand <laughs> up, though. <laughs> So, uh, well, sorry, my friend John Madden, he's not related to that guy, John Madden on football, but John Madden just called me and, and he kicked us off. Um, 
John Madden is, is my best friend that I made a bootleg and I put it on his Ugo Pro website <laughs> to put it up. He's, he's been my friend I was, since I was like eight years old and we've, we've caused, caused ruckus together. Anyways, uh, uh, what was I, what was I talking about? What was, sorry, guys. You're good. You're oh, good. inheriting the moves. Oh, uh, so the magic killer, I couldn't believe not on evil soul that so we're like, all right, you know, you guys should not done that because it doesn't belong to goddamn, uh, What's it called? El Los Los Gatos, El Umbrellas, Del Del Penas, something. Yeah, yeah, Hermano. Yeah, I was pissed off when I saw that. So, but we use it as a secondary um uh finisher uh or you know yeah, and then um the super the super power bomb was actually given to us. We didn't take it. It was given to us by Jado and Gato. Um, that was a move that was theirs. They actually wanted to give us more, but we, we took that. And uh, that's the one they, they gave us. And it's just because uh, Jado is our manager and, you know, Gato's on Bullet Club and they, that's our finisher now. Yes. But yes, yes. <laughs> Who else has questions? Oh, all right, Kanisha. Hey, so really quickly, so I have have I have a lot of um, Facebook groups that are based around wrestling. And when I started uh-huh. a lot of groups, a lot of people had no clue who you were. And of course, everyone called you an Uso, and I was furious, and I was mad, and I was going off on people. So you posted a picture of you as Kappa, which that's how I found you. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. My question is... Your transition from Kava to this new Tamatanga that I have, that we all love and we appreciate so much, you've grown so much, thank you for that. Are you ever gonna bring back that amazing face paint that I did my cosplay based off of? Everybody loves it. I'm like, he took away my face paint, I'm upset. What are we doing with this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I've I thought about it, yes. I, I think there's a time in place that that will come but not i think because i just i just transitioned out of it that i'm kind of like i don't know if it'll be anytime soon mm-hmm. i have a picture in my head um uh, an idea in my head when it would be um but it won't be anytime soon i i i i'm, I'm constantly looking to evolve and grow and i kind of i went into the helmet and um you know, and then I'm kind of coming out of the helmet. <laughs> it's like every year, it, 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 it seems like I'll stay with a gimmick for like two, three years. And then I, and then as, as I get older, it gets lesser and lesser. Yes. I stay with a gimmick. Um, it's because I, I have so many, there's so much I want to do in my, uh, in my career as an artist that I, I, I want to keep evolving. Cause I, I want to learn, you know, uh, uh, I thought about this today. I thought about this today on my drive. Um, when I was a kid, there was three characters that uh, in Marvel that I was really like, when I was into comics, really into comics that I was really loved. It was, one was Wolverine because of his uh, toughness, his um, uh, able to, to heal back up um, and his kind of like rogue personality, but he was still a team player. You know, um, the, the second one was uh, Nightcrawler. 
just because uh, his past and and what he had to overcome as an orphan child and and uh, the, his crawling and he could teleport. I really wanted to teleport. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then uh, the third one was Morph. Morph was somebody mm-hmm. that could change into anybody he wanted. And and so that's who I was like is. is as I'm a, uh, a wrestler, I, I think I always think of these three and I'm like circulating, circulating, circulating. And I'm like, I want to change. I want to keep going, keep going, you know, to just to, just to see my capability of, 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 of a character to, to change. And, and, and cause I, I just look at it as learning, you know, uh, I, I know, like I heard, I heard Undertaker talking about a character, somebody that you develop over time and you grow and you like, this is, you know, he's dedicated to that one character and that's cool. That's great. You know, but that's you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, now I'm me and I, and I, I'm constantly just in my head changing and, and growing and I'm not the same guy I was last year. Cause I've learned more. I've talked to you guys and I've learned more. So, and I change when I come up with ideas and I think that's just life in general. You grow. <laughs> Evolution, baby. Evolution. I appreciate it. That, yeah. that face paint, Tama, that was a whole different mystique that you had yeah. with that one. I, that's a favorite of mine. So Thank I you. appreciate it. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Thomas Island Podcast. Now, next week, we're, do- we're dropping something huge. Next week, yes. come on, Ross. Yes, we are. I, I, obviously, if you're a Patreon subscriber over at patreon.com slash Thomas Island, if you subscribed at the tourist level or above, you're already going to get access to this week's uh, exclusive subject of the week. We're going to be talking about Thomas military service. But also, next week, Monday, June 1st on the Patreon page. Again, that's thomasisland.com, patreon.com slash thomasisland. We're going to have a huge, heavily requested interview. This is one people oh, have been yeah. asking Tama to do for a long time. Tama, don't tell him, but just give him, give him oh. a, little, a little hint, give him a little taste of who you might be. Uh, he's one of the funniest, about. he's one of the funniest characters I've ever met. He is, I love this guy. I, I can't I can't give any more because then everybody would know. You gotta drop in. This guy well, is know. talented, very, very talented man here. And you guys would love love to hear this. This is oh, it was called on the fly. We did it. We 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 been heavily drinking and we're talking and then deciding, <laughs> you know what, let's do a podcast right now. <laughs> and then, Again, June first, you're gonna be able to hear this. Uh, it's it's really you can't miss this. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Tama, where can everyone find you on social media? Uh, you're going to have to find me like Waldo because I'm not putting my stuff out here. You guys can just look me up, damn it. All right. But Ross, you tell them, Ross. L- l- let At them Ross find W. You. Berman IV on Twitter, Ross Berman IV on Instagram. I'm all I'm all over the place. Like I said, patreon.com slash Thomas Island. You get a huge interview June 1st. Thank you all for, for listening. Thank you, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.